It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone, here on the final day of April. Yeah, it's been a busy month. Final day of the NFL draft. Oh, my goodness. It's been a busy week. Did anybody indulge, partake, have fun, party, get drunk, whatever, during this week? I did. I didn't get drunk, no, but I did participate in some NFL draft uh, festivities, and it was a lot of fun. I got invited to uh, an event. Uh, unfortunately, we we thought we were going to get some interviews, but it, uh, it was long story on that. But it was just a lot of fun being there, just being among the the fun, the crazy, the wild, the eccentric. It's just a lot of fun. So it's been a busy week here in Vegas, but Vegas is busy every week. But it was extra busy uh, for NFL Draft Week. I'm just sad that it's going to uh, end. But you know, we've got other stuff cranking up as always. It's Las Vegas. That's what we do. That's what we do. And you know what? That's what we do here on Film Festival Radio Show. We've got some guests. As always, we have guests who have uh, documentaries and films and television shows premiering this week uh, from PBS to MTV to the Smithsonian Channel. We just have them all right here assembled together right here on Film Festival Radio Show. So I'm going to take a break. I'm going to get me some water and uh, come back with our first guest. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in about 30 or 40 seconds. Okay, everybody, we are back here with more Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. My nose kind of itching there. Uh, anyway, tomorrow night, uh, May 1, on the Smithsonian Channel, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern and Pacific Time, there is a very powerful documentary that will be premiering. Again, it's on the Smithsonian Channel, 8 p.m., uh, our time here in Vegas and also East Coast time. And this is a, it's a very disturbing documentary. It is executive produced by Oprah Winfrey. The title of it is The Color of Care. And it is an, an original documentary in association with uh, Oprah's Harpo Productions. And what it does, it traces the origins of racial health care disparities uh, and practices that really began in this country all the way back to American slavery, and unfortunately is still continuing all the way up until 2022. This documentary will have just moving, powerful testimonies from people who lost loved ones during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, uh, talks and comments from frontline medical workers uh, who were just overwhelmed in hospitals, expert interviews, just a lot of very powerful data to back up uh, the premise of the documentary. And it just, what it does, the film just exposes the devastating toll of racism that has been going on for 
decades. And it's really just embedded into the American healthcare system. So that brings me to our featured guest for this segment. Uh, our guest is Dr. Neil Shaw, and he is one of the featured uh, presenters uh, who's a part of this documentary. And again, it airs on May 1, tomorrow night, on the Smithsonian Channel at 8 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m., of course, Eastern Time. I don't know what to say. It's just very, it's very sad. It's very tragic. But um, let's talk to Dr. Shaw to get more insight as to um, the making of the the documentary and how, uh, just a preview of what we will be seeing tomorrow night during the, uh, the documentary film. So let's bring Dr. Shaw on right now. Okay. And you have Dr. Neil Shaw online. Well, good morning, Dr. Shaw. Good morning, Janice. How are you? I am great. I've been very anxious to talk to you about this uh, upcoming new documentary, uh, The uh, Color of Care, premiering on May 1 on the Smithsonian Channel, um, 8 o'clock Eastern and Pacific Time. I understand this uh, very important film uh, documentary is executive produced by Oprah Winfrey, so uh, we know it's going to be good. Now, The Color of Care um, is an original documentary tracing and just digging into some very scary problems within the American healthcare system. Give us the, the, the whole details about this film. You bet. Um, so it's a powerful documentary, and it's, um, it was inspired by uh, a family that Oprah read about uh, that, um, you know, they, 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 they brought a loved one uh, to three different hospitals and then were dismissed from each of them uh, at the height of the pandemic. Uh, and ultimately, um, uh, this, person, this person died. And, and so th- that was sort of the lead into examining more deeply. Um, how people of color suffer from just systemically substandard health care and try to understand why. Now, you yourself as a globally recognized uh, doctor expert in health care, were you surprised at the findings that this documentary has revealed? I don't think surprised is the right word. I think that, uh, you know, there were long-standing inequities in our healthcare system, um, particularly along racial lines. But what COVID did is it took all of them and it threw them into a pressure cooker. It made everything worse, and it also really just brought into stark relief. I think things that had been long-standing problems, um, and um, yeah, it was just gut-wrenching to see. Uh, and also, I think because it made honestly racism so visible in our country. Hopefully, it made it more possible to have direct conversations about what's actually going on. Now, uh, the the documentary, again, will be airing on May 1, 8 p.m. Eastern and Pacific Time on the Smithsonian Channel. Um, It really shows how racism is just deeply embedded and, and rooted in the U.S. healthcare system. I know the answers more than one, are very multi-layered and complex. But since you are recognized as a, a global expert on designing solutions that help improve healthcare, can you just give us a little bit of an answer as to where do you begin, where does the system begin to 
dismantle this problem? Sure. Um, and I'm not even sure that this requires all of that expertise, but it's one of the things that I learned uh, early in my career as a professor is that 95% of solving a problem is just defining it correctly. And you can't define a problem unless you name it. So for a long time in the American healthcare system, we've known that there are racial disparities, that people of color and black people in particular have worse healthcare outcomes. But we haven't been uh, intentional enough about really interrogating the reasons why and naming the actual problem, which is not racial disparities, it's racism. And so are there any... You know, as as people are watching this, especially people of color are watching this documentary, um, what can people do, people of color especially, at, after you watch something like this, it just, it makes you want to cry, it makes you feel hopeless, uh, just an array of emotions. So what can people do of color? Of, you know, everybody, you sooner or later, is going to have to go to the doctors for a, a myriad of reasons. So what what do you suggest? I appreciate that question so much, Janice, because the purpose of the film isn't to terrify people. Um, it's really in, intended to be, a, a, honestly, a hopeful film that um, reflects the degree to which not only, um, I mean, of course, it, it, it shows some terrible tragedies that result from racism that became very evident during the pandemic, but it also demonstrates a number of leaders within healthcare institutions, including the American Medical Association, um, speaking very clearly about what the actual problem is that has to be addressed. And I think that um, my, my, my hope is that through not just the film, but the whole campaign around the film, the dialogue that we're having now, uh, it uh, you, you can't fix what you don't see and you can't see what you don't name. So I, I do think that's a really important first step. Now, you mentioned campaign. I understand that the Color of Care uh, is launching a very aggressive um, campaign that will involve medical and nursing schools, healthcare workers, policymakers. Tell us some more details about the campaign. I think that's one of the most uh, you know, exciting parts of the, of the film is that it's really recognizing that this is a watershed moment, um, much in the way that the George Floyd murder was, uh, you know, two summers ago now, uh, in thinking about policing in our country. Uh, policing is one of the leading indicators of structural racism in the United States, and honestly, healthcare is the other, uh, uh, where we need to recognize that, um, you know, a bad system will beat a good person every time. And so you can have really good people, really well-intended people, really well-trained people um, delivering services, but if the institution uh, isn't set up to treat all people fairly, um, you know, you get you get outcomes that are unfair and equitable. Now, I also understand, which this is very exciting to see, that a part of the campaign will also be engaging historically black colleges and universities, uh, HBCUs for short. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that in our remaining few minutes here. You bet. Yeah, I mean, I think um, during every inflection point in social progress, um, you know, I, I'm 40 years old, so uh, I don't know if that's old or young, but that that's long enough to have seen significant social progress in my lifetime. And this feels like that's why I call it a watershed moment. Um, it's going to take collective action and it requires 
um, working with HBCUs and emerging leaders and young people of color uh, and black people in particular to uh, really understand what these issues are, be able to name them uh, and to be part of the solutioning. And it equally requires reaching out to uh, healthcare institutions and making sure that we're training our nurses and our doctors differently and really training them uh, to take a position of not defensiveness, but humility in examining the role of racism in our healthcare institutions. Since you've been on the front line mm -hmm. in healthcare, as well as uh, a featured participant in this film, do you, is there hope? I mean, this is such a monumental problem and it's so deeply rooted. I mean, what kind of hope do you see with this being resolved? I see a lot of hope. I see, um, you know, um, institutions are shaped by the people at the top. And one of the things that gives me the greatest hope is that we're starting to see more people of color, uh, more people who have lived in embodied experience with these issues in key leadership roles um, in a way that I've never seen in my career. Uh, I think that's been different in the last couple of years. The other thing that gives me a lot of hope is that we still live in a very segregated country where your zip code can be a really large determinant of what you have access to. And I think that that is also starting to change, uh, not necessarily the segregation, but the fact that, um, you know, uh, healthcare is starting to enter into the digital era. And, um, you know, part of the promise of telehealth and things like that that really cropped up during the pandemic is that physical proximity shouldn't be, you know, a barrier to what you have access to. Um, and that's been a big part of my own professional focus these days. I'm a big, big fan of telehealth. I've used it now a couple of times. I really love it. It's very, very convenient. Well, anyway, yeah. Dr. Shaw, thank you so much for giving us an insight about The Color of Care premieres again Sunday, May 1, 8 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on the Smithsonian Channel, executive produced by Oprah Winfrey. So again, Dr. Shaw, thank you so much for giving us this information. You bet, Janice. Thank you for having me. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you so much, Dr. Neil Shaw. Uh, before we get to our next guest, I want to quickly tell you a little bit about Dr. Shaw's background that I didn't have time uh, to get to because we were trying to get him on board there. Uh, Dr. Neil Shaw, he is the Chief Medical Officer at Maven Clinic, and he's also a professor at Harvard Medical School. He is listed among the 40 most smartest people in the healthcare industry by Becker's Hospital Review. Dr. Shaw is globally recognized as an expert in designing solutions that improve healthcare and his work to build equitable, trustworthy systems in healthcare have been profiled by the New York Times, Good Morning America, and several other major media outlets. Very well-versed uh, doctor. So again, the uh, documentary is The Color of Care, and it will be airing tomorrow night on the Smithsonian Channel. I suggest that you check listings in your area to make sure that you've got the right time slot. Okay, so that brings me to our next guest here. What would you do? Or, or, or are you in a secret relationship? Let's just bring it out there. Are you in a secret relationship? Are you? Do you know someone who's in one? Speak up. Come on. Come on. It's time to tell the truth. Okay. Well, if you are, or maybe if you're thinking about it, 
know about that. MTV has a new uh, docuseries and it's titled Help, I'm in a Secret Relationship. Yes, and it will, uh, it's already premiered. It premiered earlier this week, this past Tuesday, uh, 9 p.m. our time, Eastern Time on MTV again. It's, uh, it's a docuseries that uncovers the, this, this often heartbreaking stories of people who have been, uh, emotionally manipulated into keeping their relationships a secret. Sometimes manipulation is involved, but sometimes people are just being sneaky. Well, each episode, the two hosts, they're going to bring these couples face to face to expose the shocking truth behind these relationships, the, the, the partner, whomever is involved in the relationship, that's a secret. And so whenever these relationship secrets are revealed, the show will then find out Will this couple be able to stay together? Will they need to split up or just what will happen? Well, that is the job of our two guests that are coming up here in a couple of seconds here, actually 20 seconds. Uh, let me tell you about the host. The host of Help, I'm in a Secret Relationship are Travis Mills and Ronnie Jones. I'll tell you something about Travis that you may already know, maybe for those who do not. Travis Mills is a recording artist. He's an actor and he's an on-air personality who hosts his own show on Apple Music Beats One. Uh, he's also, he has a hit podcast, ADHD with Travis Mills. He's also the co-host of MTV's docuseries Ghosted, Love Gone Missing, along with Rachel Lindsay. And if that's not enough to keep him busy, he is also the lead singer and guitarist in the pop punk rock band Girlfriends, which um, they have performed. They've got albums and such, but they have... Uh, traveled and toured uh, last year with Machine Gun Kelly and Mod Son. So yeah, Travis is a busy guy. And he is also uh, lending his talents to a his social media platform, which has over 5 million plus visitors, followers, people who catch up and check him out. It's 5 million plus. This is a busy guy. And so that brings me to his, uh, well, they're both co-hosts together, Ronnie Jones. Uh, Ronnie is an actor, a writer, host, and an activist. And Ronnie made her professional acting debut as Sky Layton in the Golden Globe-nominated Netflix television series, The Politician, starring uh, Ben Platt, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jessica Lange, Judith Light, and Bette Midler. But Check this out. Before she became a full-time actress, Ronnie worked for four years in the Department of Homeland Security. Now, that's a big switch in, in your careers. But anyway, uh, I understand they are on board. Uh, so let's bring on Travis and Ronnie to tell us more about MTV's new show that just premiered last Tuesday, Help, I'm in a Secret Relationship. Let's bring them on right now. Travis and Ronnie on the line. Well, hello, Travis and Ronnie. Hello. There you both hello. are. Yeah, I'm here. I, I've, I have been waiting. In fact, I've wanted to talk to you two about this show before it was even presented because I read about the show. Help! I'm in a secret relationship on MTV premieres tomorrow night. Okay, let's just jump right in here. 
Um, so, so are these, I mean, I got so many questions, so a little time here. So this is a very unique show, a topic for a show. So these are people that are in secret relationships. Now, have they just been plain old sneaky or is there reasons why they had to keep the relationship a secret? I mean, there's always a level of secrecy, right, and in, in, in sneakiness when you are actually being hidden. So what we have here are uh, is a couple, and one person in the relationship is being hidden by the other. They have not met friends. They have not met family. They are completely uh, missing from their social media presence. Um, these are couples that have been together for two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years uh, oh. who, who potentially live together, want to start families together. And the only issue is that one person basically just does not exist. Um, and Travis and I are here to help these people get the answers that they so rightly deserve and to bring both parties together and have a, a constructive conversation in hopes that they'll stay together. But that sometimes is not always the case. So it's a lot. It's a lot. Of, it's a roller coaster ride for sure. It is a lot. So now, um, is anybody married? Any couples? Have they got a, a family somewhere else, maybe another country, or, or what? I mean, I will say that one of our episodes this season does deal with uh, a secret family. I'm not going to say which one. Um, but oftentimes, these are couples who are looking to take the next step, right? Whether that's moving together, whether that's get engaged or, you know, they've been engaged and they're ready to get married, but there's this one thing holding them back. That's where Ronnie and I come in to hopefully repair the relationship, have them walk away from this experience stronger than ever, and they can walk down the aisle with no secrets. Yeah, that's not good to start off a relationship with, with some secrets. <laughs> it just, it just kind of doesn't work out too well here. So That would be correct. That's so funny. I mean, this is a serious matter, but it is kind of funny if you think about it. So, you know, I know you, you two can't reveal too much, but is there any particular secret that once you, as the host, heard about it, that it was just so shocking you had to just go get a beer or something? I mean, anything like that? I mean, we had a couple episodes that dealt with, like, some financial things, and there was one reveal that I was just like, are, are, are you kidding me? Um, it's something that I probably would not have been able to recover from. <laughs> so I hope the viewers, when the viewers get a chance to watch that episode, I'm sure they'll know that what I'm talking about. But, yeah, we've had several reveals that is just like, are you kidding? How could you not see these signs or... Or why were you even embarrassed or fearful to reveal that to your partner? It kind of runs the gamut, you know. Mm -hmm. Have there been any couples uh, on, on the shows that have secret children that maybe the rest of the family don't know about or, or anything like that or what? Um, I think... Um, we definitely dealt with that with some a couple that that there may be a, a a family secret of some kind. We can't get get too in the weeds because it will definitely spoil it. But yeah. there are some you know outside family member, members that are presented with certain cases. Ah, uh, gosh, it just amazes me <laughs> how people can just you know get up, have coffee and toast every morning, and just have 
these lives, these secret relationships is just interesting. But it, you guys are proof with this new show that it does exist. Um, it's interesting. So, yes, it's, it's shocking. And, and you feel for these people because obviously the, the people that are being hidden, you know, are at their wit's end. Otherwise, they're, they would not welcome a camera crew into their lives and be this vulnerable for the world to see if, first of all, if they weren't dedicated to the relationship and actually love their partner, um, but to be in a position where they kind of felt like they're backed into a corner and need answers. So, you know, it's, it's a lot. And hopefully when people see it, maybe they'll realize, wait a minute, am I in a secret relationship? <laughs> maybe I need some help, you know, so we'll see. Now, uh, are there or will there be uh, any professionals on as far as like psychiatrists, psychologists, relationship, uh, medical expert types or, or what? Yeah, I mean, we have a therapist on set with us, you know, every single day, every place that we go. So there, there are professionals available, like, you know, if anyone needs to talk about anything or, you know, anyone is struggling with something, um, obviously you know, mental health is first and foremost for us and, and at the very front of our minds. That's really good to know. And that's very good to know. I tell you, MTV is just cranking out some of the most interesting uh, real life reality shows that I, I never would have thought of a topic such as this. But hey, leave it to MTV. They did. Uh, again, it's help. I'm in a secret relationship. Uh, premieres tomorrow night. So what what's going to happen with you two? Are you having a big viewing party or, or what? <laughs> That it could be determined. I don't know. I, I guess I should probably get to planning that, huh? Yes. Right. Thank you. You're I'm right. definitely gonna like sit, um, um, uh, watch it with with my wife and see what her thoughts and see if she did thinks I did a good job and see mm -hmm. what her take is because I kind of follow her lead on a lot of things <laughs> oh yeah well yeah i mean you got almost 24 hours here so you know order up the pizza the, the whatever guys <laughs> have a great great we will, viewing party we, we will do that <laughs> okay wonderful and lastly uh speaking of viewing is there going to be any live uh tweeting a live instagramming any any of that tomorrow night or what I'm definitely going to do I'm a little bit more active on um, Instagram, so I will be doing probably some, uh, not necessarily a live, but uh, posting on my story, different parts of the episode and things like that. And people can find me at uh, Ronnie underscore Jones on Instagram, R-A-H-N-E underscore Jones, if they want to watch. Okay. What about I'll you? I'll be tweeting and posting about the whole thing all night, so okay. come and chat. And how can they find you, Travis? Uh, just my name, at Travis Mills, okay. uh, everyone on social. Okay, great. Well, Travis, Ronnie, thank you both for chatting, giving us some backstory about help. I'm in a secret relationship tomorrow night on MTV, 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific again on MTV. Thank you both. And I'm definitely going to be tuning into this. I'm just nosy. So <laughs> let's just see. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Okay, talk to you guys, hopefully, uh, next project that you have. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Film Festival Radio with Janice Malone will be right back after this. This is Drew and Jonathan Scott, the Property Brothers, and you are listening to Film Festival Radio with Janice Malone. 
Hello, it's Janice. Hi, Janice. It's Denise Green at Black Public Media. Hi, Denise. Good afternoon to you. You too. How are you doing? I'm doing great in sunny Las Vegas here. And so, yeah, so I'm ready to jump in here to find out um, all about this. It just sounds like an amazing event with uh, the Pitch Black organization. So, uh, first of all, uh, tell us your title and what it is that you do for Pitch Black. Uh, my name is Denise Green. I'm a director of program at Black Public Media. And Black Public Media is a 40-year-old-plus uh, nonprofit organization based in uh, Harlem. And we have been holding Pitch Black over a number of years now. It's been growing and growing, even uh, moving to a virtual event. Um, it has gotten even bigger and better. We have a three-day program set up starting next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, and uh, my role actually in Pitch Black is helping to bring the talent into the room um, and to get them some time before uh, audience of funders, potential supporters, other media makers um, as they pitch for funding for their projects. Well, that is so needed, obviously. Uh, we talk to so many talented, aspiring filmmakers. Uh, sometimes this is their first or, you know, second film, and they just, they need this kind of money right. and kind of direction. So right. um, how much money, well, first of all, let me back up. How many winners will they, are selected, and how much money are you talking about that they could uh, uh, possibly obtain for their films? Sure, well, I must say, is the largest um, pitching uh, session in the U.S. for black independent filmmakers and tech creatives. And we award up this year up to 150000 for one project. Each year might take a different spin. Um, the previous year, we doubled that amount in, in terms of funding awards and the number of projects that were receiving funds. Uh, this year for the traditional media um, program, which will all pitch in one day on Tuesday, uh, there will be one project selected from there to receive up to 150. And then on the immersive day, which is on Wednesday, again, one project will be uh, selected to receive up to 75000 So we're excited about the amounts that we are able to uh, provide for our creatives because it allows them to really advance their project forward. And as you mentioned, you know, um, getting that second and third project off is really key. And I think that's one of the most significant roles that we play for Black Public Media through Pitch Black and our other initiatives. Um, you know, just getting that first film is fantastic, but getting the second film, third film, could be just as hard when you're telling stories that the mainstream industry does not grab onto or understand immediately. So um, while this is a competition, it's very much a community feel event um, where it's very supportive uh, through the pitch session. So those that receive funding, uh, it's fantastic, but there's also an opportunity just to network 
and to get before other potential supporters um, and carry those relationships, you know, past our actual event day. And that brings me to my next question here. Uh, over what, three, four decades almost of uh, this event and this organization being in business. Can you just give us a couple of, I can only imagine the success stories of filmmakers that have gone through this program. Can you just share with us maybe one or two uh, success stories? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> there are, through Pitch Black, um, there was a project uh, that was just recently invited to, to Pitch Black, to, um, I'm sorry, to Tribeca. Um, and uh, it's a it's a short film um, called uh, Inner Wound Real by Carrie Hawks. It's an animated short. It's about three BIPOC folks who self-injure and then find a new way to cope. We're excited about this film. It will be um, at this year's uh, Tribeca. We've had other projects um, from Pitch Black that also went to to Tribeca. POV is a, a virtual reality piece that was at Tribeca last year. So, um, so there's a number of films that have been through Pitch Black, and of course, there's been other films, award-winning films that we have supported through our other initiatives, such as Open Call, which is a general call for proposal ideas, and we we uh, provide production funding. Uh, and and so we've had a number of great uh, titles, uh, films that have been, um, you know, awarded, like the Ailey film recently that uh, was out, uh, Inseparables and uh, on PBS, uh, and many other titles as well. Now, uh, is Pitch Black only for television projects, and I'm sorry, film projects, or is it also for television projects as well? Uh, our funding for uh, the traditional projects, which is um, really my territory, Lisa Osborne is the director of the Emerging Media Initiative. Um, and so for our traditional projects, it is slated for broadcast television, for PBS, okay. uh, for the most part. Um, and so many of our films, the journey is that once they're completed, they'll go through the festival circuit and then have a premiere on public television. Now, as you said, uh, the big events, the big three-day event starts next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, hosted by film director, comedian, producer, C.J. Hunt from The Daily yeah. Show with Trevor Noah, one of my favorite shows. Uh, yes. so, so, okay, what should filmmakers listening to this, reading about this, if they want to enter their project for next year, uh, when do you guys mm -hmm. start receiving uh, new applications? Well, generally our applications open up uh, in September, or in the fall, I should say, and we'll start making announcements at the end of the summer. And that could be applications for our 360 incubator program, which leads into Pitch Block. Um, our 360 incubator is a professional development program where you get a chance to workshop your project um, and as you're paired with a mentor and also build your cohort um, and then advance your project that way for pitching. Um, and then, you know, with the support of funders that we have on board, um, many thanks to CPB, Netflix, uh, Gimlet, and Spotify, Spotify Studios, um, 
and many others, we're looking at this now being an annual event. So initially, Pitch Glass were the projects that went through the 360 incubator. This is the first uh, go-around of Pitch Glass where our projects are um, uh, films that we have identified through our pipeline or that have proposals through our open call process. So um, all that's to say, keep an eye out at the end of the summer for announcements for opportunities that will lead into Pitch Black. Um, and then applications usually are available in the fall. And so how can people apply? What is the website or Instagram sites or probably all of yeah. them? <laughs> all of them, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I strongly encourage everybody to sign up for our newsletter. Go to our website, blackpublicmedia.org. And uh, you can also follow us through Facebook um, and Instagram at Black Public Media or on Twitter at BLK Public Media. And we'll make all those announcements for funding programs and training programs available there. Um, and, you know, you know, from there, you, from our website, it will take you to links to our applications. Great. For various programs. That is great. Mm-hmm. So now, whoever's listening, you've got plenty of time. If you need to tweak your project or your deck or whatever, you got until really uh, August. Yes. Yeah. Plenty of time. But anyway, the business at hand starts Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week. Uh, now, this will will it everything be virtual or will it be on site and virtual? It's all virtual this year. Okay. It started off as an in person program. The last year was virtual. This year is all virtual, and maybe next year will be hybrid. Um, but yes, it's all virtual this year. I encourage everyone to register um, at our on our website. And if you register, you'll get automatic uh, links to attend our award ceremony on Wednesday. And the pitching days are I mean, on Thursday. So our pitching days are Tuesday and Wednesday. And the award show is on Thursday. And in addition to uh, the event days, we have a um, Orlando Bagwell retrospective. Orlando Bagwell will be our recipient of the Trailblazer Award uh, to recognize his impact on the field. And we're incredibly excited to uh, bring these films uh, back um, for viewers, uh, films that, you know, have played over the years, have made a tremendous impact on the field and not readily available right now, um, you know, with rights and all that kind of stuff. So um, for attendees, though, we'll you'll be able to see several of Orlando Bagwell's films. Um, and that's a treat. That's just a treat in itself right there, all of the wonderful work and documentaries that he's done. So give us one more yes. time the, the website as to how people can register for next week's events. Sure. Go to blackpublicmedia.org. Okay. Um, under events, you'll find uh, Pitch Black. Okay. And then from there, you'll see the two, you'll see three columns, one for um, the film day, which is the traditional media film, uh, one for the immersive project on Wednesday, and then the awards on Thursday. Okay. And I have to say that the film day is invite only, but they, um, all the other days are open to the public and free. Uh, you just have to register 
and then you'll get all the information emailed to you, uh, links and, and times and all that. Great. Well, Denise, thank you so much for giving us some insight uh, about next week's event. But most of all, even more insight for people, filmmakers out there who are who have noteworthy projects that they can jump in there, register and see, can they get their projects on Pitch Black for next year? That's very helpful. We get so many calls about wanting this kind of information. So thank you so much for the work you guys are doing at Pitch Black. Great. And if you visit the site, you'll get a chance to also see all the projects that are pitching. Okay. So you'll, we have uh, project descriptions uh, for the projects that are pitching as well as bios for the filmmakers. Okay, great. I always love so that, those. That, yeah. Love those. Well, again, thank you. And uh, hopefully we will chat with you next next event, just whatever event you guys have coming up. Give us a call and we'd be more than happy to have you on. So thank you so much. I appreciate you having us on. Okay. Bye. Thank you then. Bye bye. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Denise, for giving us that insight. Uh, more details and such about their upcoming event. Make sure, if you're in the New York area, make sure you attend if you can. That's uh, filmmaking and uh, filmmakers. Is that uh, something that you're involved or interested in? Maybe you're thinking about becoming a filmmaker. Uh, this sounds like a wonderful uh, three-day event that can give you more insight, network, which is the key to all of this, is networking. So um, make sure you attend. So anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of Film Festival Radio. I want to thank all of our guests. Thank you all so much. And of course, the listeners, we thank you guys as well. So we will see you on the next edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Take care and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.